Welcome to the Straight Talk on Fleet podcast with Aaron Gilchrist. Each week, Aaron will be breaking down fleet management, trying to cut through the noise and get down to the real issues safety and operations leaders are struggling with every day. The goal will be to get to the bottom of how leaders can break down these silos of information, accelerate change management, how to use real-time accurate data to drive massive efficiencies across fleet-focused business processes, and to elevate people's careers with emerging best practices. Now it's time for the Straight Talk on Fleet. Hello again, Fleet community. So excited to be back for, okay, this is episode 43. It's crazy. Of the Straight Talk on Fleet podcast, I'm Erin Gilchrist. I am the VP of Fleet Evangelism at IntelliShift. And really what that means is I'm just privileged enough to get to use my many years of experience as an enterprise fleet director to build a community where people like us, fleet industry pros, can learn and share and elevate our careers. So Um, Welcome back. And on today's podcast, I'm super stoked to introduce um, Henry Popplewell. He is IntelliShift's new CEO. Welcome, Henry. Good morning, Aaron. How are you doing today? I'm great. Um, It's sunny here in Ohio, so I'm happy. (laughs) (laughs) Cold but sunny, I'll take it. Yeah, cold but sunny. Uh, Classic winter, right? (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Um, So welcome again, Henry. Guys, Henry has lots of experience. I'm excited about this episode today. Um, Henry, kick us off by sharing, you know, introduce yourself more better sure. than I, I could, I'm sure. Talk a little bit about your background for our listeners and then share your sort of um, why for joining IntelliShift. Why IntelliShift? Why now? Yeah, good. So uh, thank you. And and again, good morning and hi, everyone. Um, so I, I began my uh, career years and years ago, uh, actually in the um trucking and logistics industry with a company called Rider System out of Miami, Florida, very large, um, both uh, truck rental and logistics uh, global leader, um, and worked my way up through that organization, eventually became VP of sales. Um, And then I had an opportunity to go and transition over to uh, technology, which is a little bit of a kind of weird jump, like how'd that happen? And uh, how it happened was the, 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 uh, the, at that time, wireless technologies were very, very um, early. And so uh, there was a, a need by the company I went to, which was Nextel Communications, to um, uh, run data applications on wireless uh, phones, handheld phones. And very, very, by today's standard, very, very simple things, but uh, GPS tracking and um uh, a variety of other apps. And uh, there was a group of kind of smart people at that time that said, you know, the future of wireless is going to be way beyond voice communication, talking to each other. And it's really going to become all about data. And so if you think about everything we do in our lives today, that 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 vision from uh, 20 years ago is really what's happened. So kind of, I, I, I'd like to say I was incredibly, uh, had incredible, um, vision but i think there was there was a lot of luck that played into it too <laughs> but but uh kind of got to the right spot there at the right time and then um after that uh one of the uh, really great parts of my career i had the opportunity to join a company skybits and skybits is a leader one of the best kind of brands around uh tracking and location and smart asset technologies but really kind of focused on uh big truck fleets big logistics firms um, and non-powered assets. So, you know, kind of a, 
a, a little bit different segment maybe than a lot of our viewers will be interested in today. So um, did that for a while, built that to, uh, as I said, a really uh, kind of market leading company um, and, and kind of became, um, I, I guess, uh, recognized, if you will, as, as somewhat of an expert around IoT, Internet of Thing technologies and um, did that up until uh, we sold the company, uh, helped them transition and run that. And not so long ago, I had an opportunity to look at this uh, company called IntelliShift. And, um, you know, I, I was uh, at first not sure uh, about the business. Uh, I'd love to say I, I knew it, you know, intimately well, but I didn't. But as I started looking at it, I realized that for me at a personal level, it was kind of right down the middle of the fairway of what I like to do and kind of the kind of culmination of the things I've done in my background, but more importantly, the the value it brings to our customers and to the marketplace. That's what that's what really got me. So um, so I uh, made the decision to join why, and why. Um, in my view, uh, there, there's an awful lot of uh, kind of industry dynamics and, and growth and, um, you, you know, I guess you would use the term tailwinds around the kind of solutions that IntelliShift offers. And um, and so that's obviously exciting. Um, the other part is that IntelliShift's technologies uh, work. And and that's not a given to, in, in a lot of- No, uh, it's not. Right. <laughs> and so, uh, you know, it, it's a really kind of uh, full uh, technology stack, if you will. It's, it's very hardened, it performs. Uh, our customers are satisfied, and I thought, well, okay, that that's that's really um, you know a nice benefit. The yeah. thing that really swung at the end is as I met the folks, the the uh, employees at IntelliShift, and there is such a great culture at IntelliShift around taking care of customers and improving the customer experience and creating you know an amazing customer journey, and that that's so rare. And I said, you know, really good technology market demand and a market that's growing and great, great people. You know, it, it doesn't get a lot better than that in terms of an opportunity. So I, I cannot agree more. I mean, I think the people is what attracted me just, just shy of two years ago as well, Henry. I found that the, the internal culture was really great and people liked working together. I didn't see the silos that I'd seen yeah. in other organizations, which is really what it takes to um, fully co collaborate to um, serve that end customer um, in the best way possible. And I think about, um, when I think about that, I think about what makes us different. That's certainly one thing, you know, you said it, great technology and, and great people. Um, but, you know, this is a marketplace that is, I'll use the word saturated. It's, yeah. it, it, might, it might be appropriate with different types of solutions that I would consider point solutions having run a fleet so long um, where, I found myself um, taking on multiple solutions and logging in yeah. to different websites to try to bring things together. So when I think about IntelliShift, probably a great time to talk about, you know, what you see is as our differentiators, what makes us different than, than everybody out there kind of saying they're doing what we're doing. Yeah. So thank you. That's, that's a great, a great question. And, you know, there are some very, very large companies in a, in a similar uh, space uh, as we are. And then there are an, an incredible, I don't even know how many, but amazing number of companies that are kind of our size and, and many that are quite a bit smaller. And 
you're right. You, you could, if you, if you simply, as a fleet manager, if you simply thought about it, you would say, wow, really crowded, saturated. I'm almost overwhelmed with the options, right? And they all kind of sound the same and look the same. And, uh, you know, how do I differentiate? And I, um, and, and that's, and I experienced that in my time at Skybits prior to here, they, you know, kind of as other companies developed uh, technology and it gets easier and easier and, and uh, less costly to bring technologies to market, um, the, the differentiation starts to become harder to identify, right? Mm -hmm. So, so what, what, why is IntelliShift uh, different? Number one, as you think about kind of the variety of solutions along what I would call our value chain, which is, which is a group of products, whether it's telematics and GPS location, whether it's an inspection application, the ability to inspect the vehicle digitally, whether it's um, video and uh, video safety related, there's all of those products that uh, I think likely uh, folks are buying maybe individually, as you refer to them, point solutions, we offer. And we offer all of that in a unified platform. So there's no kind of toggling between a variety of apps, toggling between different screens, um, you know, kind of slip seating, if you will. I know that's a term for a, a different thing, but, you know, uh, to get the, the data you want and the, and the uh, usefulness out of that data. We bring it all in one, uh, one screen, if you will, one platform, one user interface. So it becomes very, very relevant, very powerful and easily available. That would be number one. The second is, um, and it kind of goes a little bit to my vision about the business, but I, I said this earlier, we have such a great focus around the customer experience and we view our customers as heroes. And so we, 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 we want to make sure they're satisfied. We want to be at the forefront of development. I, I made the comment in a, in a different media interview that um, we want to kind of have our product, product roadmap come from the customer out. Right. And so we do things like customer advisory boards and and solicit feedback and, um, you know, kind of a, a very customer centric organization. So um, I think that's a, a big part of of uh, IntelliShift's value as well. Um, lastly, you know, we know what we know what we are. Right. And there's a, a certain uh, kind of strategy to that or maturity to that. We're not trying to solve uh, every kind of challenge in the marketplace through IoT technology. But for fleets, especially uh, delivery fleets, last mile fleets, uh, retail fleets, that's our focus. It's the segments that we uh, are really, really good at. We're gonna, we create and are gonna continue to create and I believe even invest in the, the customer experience angle. And then we have the, the really solid kind of technology platform that brings it all together in one, um, one solution set for our customers. Yeah. I mean, I know that I, I was at a trade show and I walk up to, I was actually invited by a colleague to, to visit the IntelliShift booth. And um, I ended up closing the booth with um, an engineer from IntelliShift, peppering this poor man with <laughs> a million questions because this platform that I had been searching for so long as a fleet leader and yes. now had left the role of actually physically leading a fleet. I'm like, Hey, wait a minute, th this is it. Um, and just ended up spending an hour and a half at the booth with, with the engineer. Um, 
it's closed it's, it down and it, learned that wow, this is intuitive. It's flexible, and um, it was something I hadn't seen before. And I've worked with so many suppliers, and just in conversation, it was kind of like um, I have this podcast I shot around CX. Um, and for those of you listening, you got to listen to it because if you're not getting the kind of service I'm describing, then then you got to figure it out. But I think it's episode 25 and I talk about partnerships. I think a vendor's a bad word. They just, you know, bring yeah. things. Yeah. And then there's suppliers and strategic partners. And I think this trusted advisor is sort of that level where if if you reach that, then you're you're reaching out to your customers about things that you're seeing that need changed before they may even notice it. And that yeah. makes the right people in an organization. And to your point, we have a lot of experience fleet people. Um, we don't just know SaaS. We know, you know, software as a service, we know fleet. Yeah. And, and I think that is such a huge um, win for us and a win for our customers for sure. Yeah, it's, it's a, it's a right on the target point. And, and for this reason, I'll, again, from a kind of lack of market differentiation, a lot of uh, our competitors, a lot of companies in the space and, and in adjacent spaces, have what I'm going to call customer success, right? And it's a customer success function. Some say they have it, maybe really don't, but most 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 do. But if you really dig in and understand what customer success is doing for a lot of companies like ours, it's about kind of making sure devices are working and um, kind of the fundamentals that I think you you feel like you're investing in. And mm -hmm. there's no doubt that's important. We, we have an advantage here, as I said early, that, uh, or I feel we have an advantage that our stuff works really well, our technology works really well. So the focus of our success today, and as we evolve even more strongly to this uh, position, is going to be around customer advocacy, right? You want your customers to be highly referenceable, and you want the marketplace to know who trusts IntelliShift because they're making tough decisions, and they're making decisions that can feel undifferentiated and they want to know, I believe want to know who can I count on? Yep, absolutely. A hundred percent. They want to know that. Um, I know that as a fleet leader, I spent a lot of time with my portfolio, call it of, of suppliers. And over time, the ones that were listening um, and really um, more than paying attention to just getting it right and really helping me as excel inside my organization, excel yeah. inside the industry, um, they stood out. And I feel like um, I love that you called our customers heroes because I see that fleet or safety as or operations leader as as a hero. I was one. Um, I advocate for them, and so I think our model just allows for them to shine and for us to be there not only as just a support, but um, as a as an advisor, um, based on what we see going on yeah, and yeah, um, trends and analytics in our system, I think allows for that. Our platform allows for that intuitive um, way to look at your what's happening every day. So, um, good good uh, summary around. I think you know what makes uh, IntelliShift stand out. Certainly around sort of our mission and vision for the customers. So. You know, you talk about technology that works. There's lots of stuff that works out there. The role of technology in fleet management, 
Right. I think, you know, we come across customers who have nothing, something, um, lots of things, yeah. and they're not connected. So what's your take on sort of the role of tech in, in fleet management specifically? So it's, I think, if you think about fleet management, if you think about, you know, broadly transportation or transportation and distribution, in many ways, it, it has been at the forefront of a lot of fleet tech, fleet technologies and, and fleet management systems and very, very early adopters. You can go back into the early 1990s when the really big kind of UPS and FedExes of the world were um, implementing uh, uh, fleet technologies and then eventually digital technologies. But I do think today that there there still exists kind of this from no adoption up through a full kind of digital transformation in in the fleet, and so I, it's a little hard for me. Uh, and again, keep keep my purview in mind. I, I, you know, I'm running a, a fleet management technology business, but it's a little hard to believe that uh, companies that are not strongly considering and then adopting um, fleet technologies, whether it's around location services and fleet utilization whether it's around you know, digital inspections, whether it's around video and video safety, I think it becomes harder and harder to uh, compete. And I don't just mean compete with other companies in your space, but compete for budget dollars, right? Compete for drivers, compete for all the things. I and mean, you know, there, there's so much of that. And, and the, the role of the fleet managers uh, constantly under a kind of scrutiny from a, a budget perspective, from a cost perspective, um, and I think what really kind of changes that, uh, and, and I think benefits the, the fleet operator is there are real kind of easy to adopt technologies that drive efficiencies and help to keep costs in line, help to keep people safer, uh, help to keep, um, the, the 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 justification, if you will, for the fleet and the role in in place. Yeah, I I uh, I I am baffled when I see um, organizations that haven't even thought about telematics, and I think that's just sort of for me that's bare bones, right? That's right. like the minimum thing because you talked about digital inspections. I can't imagine, hey, what happens when I do that inspection? It needs to feed a maintenance module. It needs to then, um, you know, the telematics data, just improving um, visibility to vehicle life cycle. I know that fleets out there are running antiquated assets that they cannot get replacements for right now. Right. They've and kind so, of been forced to, right? I and mean, it's not by design, but it's they've been forced to. Yeah, exactly. And so because of that, like, what do you do without that rich data to help you identify um, everything from uh, maintenance that needs completed, um, avoiding or eliminating unplanned breakdowns in your fleet, and then not to mention driver behavior that crushes your efficiency if not managed and monitored. Right. I mean, you know, if you and I are driving the same vehicle down the road and you're driving like a bat out of hell and I'm driving like a grandma. Who do you think is going to spend more in fuel? This stuff's so um, important, yeah. and it's so controllable. It's so manageable with the, with tech. Yep. Yeah. Well, I think I think the tech enables the ability to uh, control or improve whether it's 
uh, accident rate, uh, rates, whether it's fuel performance, whether it's uh, equipment utilization, right? That's yeah. that's still the biggest benefit. You know, uh, utilization and optimization of your fleet is still the mm-hmm. biggest benefit of the GPS, which is, as you said, kind of, uh, in, in at least in my mind, and it sounds like your mind, kind of table stakes to that. It's hard to believe somebody would not have that type of solution. Absolutely. And I think what's happened in... in um, in, in kind of a, a post-COVID world, um, the the use of fleets and the use of vehicles has so greatly changed, right? And this, uh, if you if you think about kind of what we all describe as the Amazon effect, uh, but you know, just kind of everybody wants everything delivered to their home, and they want it there when they expect it, right? Or within a window of when they inspect it, uh, expect it. Um, that was happening anyway. And I think even some of some of the listeners would say, no, I've been doing that for a long time. <laughs> but it all was greatly accelerated, right? It all of a mm-hmm. sudden, almost overnight, but certainly within a kind of post-COVID world happened. So now, in addition to, you know, fleets that may be operated in neighborhoods and crowded conditions like electricians and plumbers and landscapers and so forth and, deli- you know, uh, delivery, you now have all the package delivery, all the overnight delivery, and they're all in these neighborhoods. They're they're in you know close to schools. They're they're um, they're in very crowded conditions. Their uh, traffic volumes are you know just getting somewhere is, is a big challenge. And so um, all of that has really um, driven the need to adopt uh, some of these tech, digital technologies that we're talking about because the 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 complexity and the just the kind of the pressure of the volume of what's going on uh, in terms of a, a 12 hour kind of delivery day. Yeah, 100%. And, and while that landscape's changed, another thing that you can just kind of add to that mix is um, everybody doing everything in the cab of their asset, whether they're fleet drivers, they're consumers, general public, they are distracted. Yeah. They are doing everything but driving in their vehicles. We see it every day. Yeah. And that just adds to the mix, meaning there's no way that you can continue to drive 150 miles a day, 100 miles a day, average fleets are driving 100 to 200 miles a day. And not put yourself in a position to be targeted or just get involved in an accident, whether it's your fault or not, having technology helps um, to exonerate drivers and really improves adoption um, of these kind of technologies. I hear folks say all the time, you know, if I, if I put safety tech in my vehicles, then I'm going to lose people. I am here to say that is the biggest myth on the planet because really you'll exonerate one driver in about 15 seconds and then all of a sudden they'll be begging you um, yeah. for the kind of tech that not only helps them get home safe every day, but puts them out of harm's way in terms of all the other crazy drivers on the road and then people targeting fleets who have, um, you know, who it's perceived have dollars to spend on on accidents and bet yeah. metal. So. yeah. There, there's so many, so many great points that you just made. I, I think that, um, you know, we going back not so many years, you, you, we kind of heard this about uh, GPS, right? And so drivers didn't really want a GPS, and they didn't want the company to know where their location was and all that. And and we kind of worked through that, right? Now it's, I would say, mostly understood, and certainly everybody is comfortable with it 
with uh, some kind of location service on their uh, phone or handheld device. Mm -hmm. and, and you're right, we still do hear a little bit about, I don't want a camera in my cab and all that type of thing. But I think when you weigh the uh, kind of working through that in a, in a mutually beneficial way with your with your drivers and can point to exoneration and can point to uh, improved safety and you can point to uh, kind of uh, behavior that helps keep not just the driver and their vehicle safe, but the, the surrounding vehicle safe. I, I think we kind of get, we'll, we are and will get past that. You, you, you made the point. And if you have a kind of um, a video uh, history of an event and you can exonerate somebody because they were doing exactly the right things, um, it, the, the conversation turns, turns pretty, pretty rapidly. Right. And, you know, and let's face it. I mean, I talked to one of our customers yesterday who said, you know, my insurance company is not going to renew us unless we um, graduate from just telematics to um, a full safety tech stack, which includes AI video dash cams. So yeah. it's, it's coming. Um, and I think I feel good about being positioned um, as an organization to help our customers um, be safe and efficient. It feels good. Um, and you, you know, you talked about that being part of the reason why you're here. Um, so, so let's switch gears a little bit. I mean, we've talked about the industry as a whole. We know that it's not kind of if, but when on safety tech for a lot of fleets, but what have you seen and what do you see coming down the pike in terms of some industry trends um, or innovations um, that you're seeing right now? Yeah, so I think certainly the, the big topics there are around uh, safety kind of, uh, you know, uh, I think you and I have talked about this at other times, kind of the, um, a, a culture of, of safety and a culture of, of mission to zero, right? Zero accidents and zero um, uh, incidents and, and zero, certainly zero fatalities. Um, so I, I, I think that safety, I think sustainability is, um, is a corporate initiative you know, around the globe. And certainly uh, there's an expectation that the fleet manager and the performance of the vehicles are um, continually contributing to uh, sustainability goals. I think the, the big technology introduction there, kind of the, the, the piece of that is um, the value of data and what's going on with uh, kind of data science and data mining. And then eventually from that AI, right? So an ability to kind of look at, uh, so I think of data uh, a couple ways. You, first off, you have to collect it. So, you know, I, I use the word data mining, but kind of the harvesting of data, analyzing that data, looking for patterns, looking for trends. And I, I think that's, I don't know what that is, second level, harvesting maybe being first and then kind mm -hmm. of trend being in second. But yeah. then beyond that, I think the real value of AI is around uh, predictability, right? And where you, you actually start to be able to predict uh, you, you've talked several times already about, you know, maintenance cost, and and we all know that the breakdown maintenance costs are far and away the the most expensive. So an ability to kind of really be predictive around maintenance, be able to be predictive around operating environments will contribute to uh, safety. On the sustainability side, you know, there's a lot of uh, um, kind of corporate initiatives of uh, EV and, you know, uh, EV, uh, EV vehicles are very difficult to get. And if you look at what's kind of been coming out lately, you're starting to see um, maybe even some scale back of EV production. And I think 
I think that's just kind of uh, the momentum catching up with the realities. And over time, that'll work itself out, you know. Well said. Um, <laughs> um, but but I think I think that um, I think hybrids, right? I mean, if you look at a lot of good success with kind of hybrid vehicles, um, and so uh, I, I, that's clearly. Um, uh, you know, part of, of what I think the future looks like. And then I think um, the the reality for a lot of uh, fleet managers is it, it's even kind of coming down the road in a, in a shorter term view, which is I, I need to, I need to keep my cost under control. Costs are still, you know, between all the supply chain challenges and, and then the in, impacts of inflation. I, I don't believe even kind of post COVID that supply chain is resolved yet. I still think it's oh, no. widely unpredictable, right? And, and, um, and, and then cost, right? And so everything is um, cost two or three times in some cases what we thought. And, and there's the, the, the kind of golden rule of supply and demand is ruling the day. Mm-hmm. So that puts an awful lot of uh, pressure on the uh, fleet manager. How do I, um, not even really, how do I cut my budget or lower my budget, but how do I simply maintain it at previous year's levels? And and so I think from a, what's coming down the pike, I think, yeah, I think uh, your, your, our listeners and customers are thinking, I just need to get through this budget this year too, right? Because it's, <laughs> it's really tough. Yeah. Yeah. But I think, you know, you've made some really good points there and I, and I would agree safety, sustainability, and then not just weathering the storm of volatile um, industry, you know, trends going on with supply chain issues and, and rising costs. I think that in some ways, having been a fleet leader for the last almost 20 years, I've seen these ebbs and flows all along. And I think what is so great about um, what we're doing is it's helping fleet leaders um, do more than weather the storm. It's getting back to the fundamentals of fleet management that are required to consistently drive down costs yeah. despite what's happening with fuel costs. And I can get vehicles. I can't get vehicles. I, I'm i paying three times what I was paying before. I think there's still a way to um, you know, see that line of cost over time, um, go down by thinking about those fundamental things. Getting out the door without an inspection every day is ludicrous to me. It's just head in the sand, um, backwards, antiquated thinking. Sorry, anyone who's not doing that, um, do it. If you're not, call me, (laughs) we'll help you. Um, But just getting out the door at the beginning of the day with an action that helps to reduce your costs and breakdowns right out of the gate. And then the way that data speaks to the rest of the kind of um, process in fleet management, the way that fuel data and maintenance data, just digital inspection data work together. So this idea of data stewardship um, and, you know, Mm -hmm. data mining, we've called it a lot of different things, but at the end of the day, it is about, um, is stewarding the data in a way that allows for um, fleet leaders to easily, powerfully, and easily identify the things that are putting them at risk now. And then predictability is a huge thing. I've been talking about this for so long. And finally, I think we're at the point where we can help customers um, sort of predict the future. Um, 
vehicles that are going to break down, um, drivers that are going to cause accidents. It's a yes. huge one. And AI allows for that. So those are um, spot on, in my opinion. You you mentioned Mission to Zero. Um, I love that. At IntelliShift, we have this um, Mission to Zero with and for our customers. Um, you know, how are we doing that? Let, talk about that for a minute, because that's something that for me is just mission critical. Yeah, so I think, um, you know, uh, let's talk about kind of what what mission to zero means maybe, uh, to just start. It, it's, and, and I think what it really means is that we provide a, uh, to the best we can, a, a completely safe environment for our workers, our suppliers and vendors, our partners, our customers, and our customer's customer. And what I mean by that is we're, we're in an industry where our customers are operating vehicles that potentially can be involved with their customers in terms of a, an incident and so forth. So um, I, I think that it, it kind of starts uh, at the top in a way. So as a leader, you know, we, uh, we have to have, you know, I'm committed to a, a safe workplace. Um, zero injury injuries that, that's kind of the mission to zero part zero uh, injuries um you know certainly zero uh um fatalities and then kind of continually promoting the safety uh culture and i you 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 made a good point earlier when you think about kind of our our video capabilities uh in the, in the kind of video telematics if you will it's not I guess in some ways it's the camera and its functionality, but it's more, uh, and it goes back to the data is how are you using it? Are you using it to help uh, educate and train and develop? So there's certainly an exoneration piece, and I shouldn't say certainly, a big piece of it is exoneration. And that's that's the kind of the, the power of it. But let's take it a step further. Let's, let's use the information, let's use the videos to look at uh, behaviors and look at ways to help educate and train. So I think, um, I think it, uh, kind of this mission to zero is not, is, is critical to how we operate as a company in Teleshift, but also, uh, critical to how we help promote, uh, safety to our customers and our customers' customers. Absolutely. And I see it as like a journey that we're all on together, which I think then further solidifies, um, that partnership approach that we take that shouldn't be new. Um, but unfortunately, in the industry, I've seen so much lack of um, really um, advisorship in in the the vendor sort of role. So, um, you know, for me, it's always safety is always number one. And when you drive for safety, meaning you build technology stacks and uh, communications and policies around safety, all of the other aspects of fleet management fall into line um, yeah. because of the data that the safety tech provides. So it, it really is um, just uh, a perfect marriage between what we provide and then this CX, this customer experience that we talked about, it's like joining hands, you know, and, and forging the mountain together with our customers um, is, well is yeah. that feeling that I get. Yeah, I, you know, just a really brief kind of story, but it, um, so I, I mentioned it very early in my career, I, I worked for Ryder and Ryder system and Ryder used to have a, a corporate policy that you began every meeting with a safety message. Right. That's and right. so it, it kind of in, in my early twenties, it was kind of ingrained into me. Okay. 
you know, every, and, you know, and, and honestly, in some meetings, it would kind of become maybe uh, casual, but, but, you know, certainly uh, on our maintenance floors, in our shops, at our fuel islands, with our drivers, you know, uh, safety was, uh, was kind of the driving, uh, to use a pun, uh, you know, action. And so I would assume most of our uh, viewers and listeners uh, likely start their meeting, driver meetings with a safety message, but maybe not, right? And I think this is, I talk about promoting culture, right? Small things like that are what, are what help promote the culture. So if you're not- It's consistent reinforcement. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So if you're not, I, you know, a small suggestion would be, you know, convene meetings with some kind of safety message, Con continually uh, reinforce kind of your commitment as a leader to uh, a mission to zero or, you know, a safety, a safe operating or working environment. Yeah. And it really speaks to the, you know, organizations that do that well um, are having great results. We're seeing it with our customers, organizations that have technology, Absolutely lots right. of organizations have tech. It's what they're doing with the data and how they're messaging that to their their workforce means all the difference. We have customers seeing 30% reductions in accidents. We have customers seeing 85. And I think the difference there is sort of the approach. And it's really about the culture that drives those numbers um, up and up and up. And then, and then really puts you in a position where um, you can, that becomes second nature. And then you can continue to focus on all the other areas of the business that need attention. So you took um, the words out of my mouth. I was going to comment that most of our customers uh, see, you know, a 30, 50, in some cases, even 80% improvement uh, in kind of accident frequency. So there's, as you said very early in our conversation today, there's there's kind of real results and real data to support the technology, the, the investment in digital technology. Yeah, I think the ROI is just, it's, it's so there um, on so many levels and and we have a great model to help with that as well yeah. um, for, for our customers and our prospects. Um, it's been so great chat with you, Henry. Um, as usual, uh, I love your insights. Um, we're so happy you're here uh, leading our organization to that next sort of chapter. Um, any final thoughts for our listeners um, today um, from you? Yes. Well, again, thank you for having me. I We've really covered a lot of ground in a fairly brief time here from kind of safety to cost to, um, you know, uh, reliability and kind of a, the, a platform approach to technology. Um, I would say if, if, if folks want to learn more, we're, we're kind of everywhere. Intellishift.com would love to love to work with anyone. Um, and I can easily be reached. Uh, so, um, you know, I'd love to interact with folks, maybe that listen to this and have questions. Um, I think that as we go forward in Teleshift, we're going to continue to invest in uh, creating great customer experiences. And we're going to continue to invest in being at the forefront of technology. Uh, we we want to be the platform of choice. Uh, we, I frankly think we are when you add up our entire kind of uh, uh, value chain and value propositions. Uh, there's bigger companies. There's companies spending an awful lot and, you know, big budgets and kind of large sales forces. But if you want the company that's really going to be there beside you and going to advocate for you and be your partner, take a look at IntelliShift. I love it. I love it. That's great advice. And, and listeners, thank you um, for hanging in with us. Um, thank you, Henry, for being with us. We're excited um, for what's next for IntelliShift and 
And listeners, if you've liked what you've heard today, um, you can watch or listen, like, and subscribe anywhere where you find content. And as I always say on Straight Talk on Fleet, until next time, keep it safe, keep it real for fleet's sake. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you.